Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. When women lead, share performance and profits go up 50%. Results are more powerful when everyone is empowered. This is the insight that brought the four founders of Beyond Barriers together. We came from a diverse set of leadership backgrounds with a common goal to close the gender gap at work and expand economic opportunities for everyone. Tune in each week as one of us interviews inspiring guests who share stories and cutting edge strategies that will help you learn what helped them go further faster. Be fearless, be bold, be you. This is the mantra that Dominica Ribeiro shares with us in today's podcast, and it is one that she herself has lived. Hi, I'm Brooke Skinner-Ricketts, president and co-founder of Beyond Barriers, and I'm so excited to introduce you to Dominica today. Dominica started her career in finance when she walked into a firm after graduating high school and asked for a job at age 19. 27 years later, she is the chief marketing officer at Breckenridge, a leading financial advisory firm. Dominica is as wise as she is brilliant. She gained her fierce independence and work ethic from her mother, who taught her to work hard and not depend on anyone else for what you want. Dominica shares how she nurtures the ideas of those around her at every level and how her experience seeking mentors who don't look like her has paid dividends for her career. She is a leader who is adept at building her own brand and is always focused on the positive. Dominica shares how her dual roles of executive and parent have taught her lessons about communication, negotiation, and strategy. I learned so much from this conversation, and I'm thrilled to share it with you today. Join us. If you could just introduce yourself um, and maybe lead with one of the lessons that's guided you in your career and share a little bit about your story. Yeah. Okay. I am Dominica Ribeiro, and I am Chief Marketing and Distribution Officer at Breckenridge Capital Advisors. And I have been in the industry for far too many years than I like to admit. It's 20-something, shall we say. And I entered my career in the finance industry back when I graduated from high school. So I took what I would say is a non-traditional path into the industry where I graduated from high school, attended college part-time, and I walked into, at the time it was Putnam Investments in the city that I lived in and went up to the receptionist uh, in the lobby and asked for a job application. I didn't know anything about the financial industry. I didn't know anything about Putnam, but I knew that I had an opportunity there and felt like I could have an opportunity there. And I filled out the application, I handed it in, and they ended up calling me for the job. So that's how I, I started my entry into the financial industry, not knowing not having any idea that it would last as long as it has and that I'd be in the seat that I am today when I think back to my fearless self walking into those front doors that day. And it's been quite an inspiration and it's a journey that I'm proud of. And it's a journey that I have not had without those that mentored me, that helped to provide me guidance, to help bounce ideas off of and to help coach me through the whole journey into the to get to the position that I'm in today. So it's been it's been quite a quite a um, GPS navigation, if you will, to get there. Excellent. 
let's actually start with the data piece. So we talked about, you know, you you talked about the power of data and the importance of data. Could you just share a little bit more about like how you see that um, and how you see that both um, for your role, but also how you see that as an opportunity for others that you're mentoring or sponsoring to leverage data? Yeah, I think what can be challenging for us in this industry is our own opinions, right? Where we may go into a project, regardless of your level, where you have an opinion, but you're not really sure how that will be shared or reflected on or or looked at or considered. But if you layer your, your opinion or your thought process on top of data, that is the power behind the decision or the conversation. And I think anyone at any point in your career, if you go into a discussion armed with data, meaning statistics or usage data or industry data, I think that it further provides clarity in terms of what point you're trying to get across. And and that's I think that's important. And it is too, I, I, I am a marketer at heart. And so it's catchy, right? And so as you have these data points that you can reflect on and share in conversations, I think that is sometimes can center the conversation and, and help to move that forward in regards to whatever it is, whether you're talking about new product solutions that you're going to market with, or whether you're talking about the enhancements to internal technology tools that will help to provide growth of the business or help to support growth of the business. Or if you're talking about your own productivity, and you might be early on in your career, and you're focusing on tactical processes and improvements. And it's and so for you to be able to provide measurement on yourself and how you're benching yourself and producing compared to those of your your peers in the same group or, or anything like that. I think I think you could look at data and the stats to support that across any of those examples and they can be powerful. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've had that experience too. I wonder if you've had ever because I feel like data can um give us confidence, right? And it can sort of solidify, you know, our conviction as we go into um it's also all about like kind of in the eye of the beholder, right? It's all about how we yeah. interpret it, right? So have you ever gone in super convicted about something, made a point with data, um, and then been wrong? And and what do you do in those situations? Yeah, you know what? It's it's actually happened to me not too long ago. So it's a, a fresh example of where I went in with only the data and what I was missing was the qualitative component. And so in this case, it was... It was, I went in with a certain uh, tactical execution that I wanted the team to be focusing on. And if I was only, and what I did wrong was I was only looking at the numbers to say, okay, the goal is two and you only did one. So you failed at the goal because we asked for two and you only did one. Well, there's more to it than just getting to two, right? Because there could be a situation where the person didn't get to two because of X, Y, or Z. And there's a judgment component of this. And that's what I I wasn't considering when when I went in. And I'm I'm being vague here too in terms of the project that I'm talking about only because it's fresh and and, and it is as it relates to our growth strategy. But I think you can, listeners can can get to the, the point that I'm trying to make here in terms of making sure that you have the full picture because the data, although it's important, 
And although it's powerful, it is only one piece of the pie. What's important to overlay that with or underlay it with is the qualitative component. And you should have you should have all the information that you have access to in order to tell that story. That, yeah. That's a fresh example that I just came up with. That's great. That's, thank you for sharing that. I think, you know, the other thing that can, can hold us back is we get so invested in having all, like when you get so invested in having the whole picture that sometimes you don't take action, right? So it's like, I have to have the perfect, or, and we, right. you know, we hear the data all the time that, you know, if women have seven out of, or, you know, women want to have 11 out of 10 qualifications and men yes. will, you know, apply it five out of 10. And so I feel like, you know, that I always encourage people to also just always walk in the room with a point of view, right? And yes. be really willing to be right and be really willing to, to be wrong because the point yeah. is not you having the last word or you being right or wrong. The point is like having an impactful conversation um, mm-hmm. and moving the ball forward. And either one can move the ball forward. But I wonder if, especially because you had the experience of being, um, you know, having jobs that were probably exceeded your years on this earth, right? Yes, <laughs> um, yes. And and, um, and we share that experience. But uh, I wonder about that. Like, did you learn how to? Did you feel like you learned how to do that early on? Where you know, did you have people support you in that? Because I think sometimes there's just a fear around putting a, a point of view out there, even later in career for a lot of people. Yeah. So early on, or I would say mid in mid career, I had these great leaders that I was working for at the time, and they were great to prepare me for the working environment. And I, of course, I had great work ethic, and I had all of these things supporting the role that I was doing. But there was one piece missing. And it was the confidence piece, because I would be going into a meeting And I would be told, don't make eye contact and don't speak unless spoken to. And when there was executives in this room, so we'd be walking into a room. I knew that I had the qualifications to be part of the conversation, but I was literally told, don't speak unless spoken to. So what did I do at that time? I remained quiet and I didn't have a voice at the table. And that impacted me greatly. To the, to, to the extent of now, I've learned to manage the opposite of that, where I make it a point to make sure that everyone has an opportunity and a voice at the table, regardless of their age, regardless of that. Because I think it's, an, I think it's important that we have that confidence and conviction. And I don't think it is, yes, is there a bit of, that's a little bit of matter of age, but no, you can have somebody who's in their early 20s who has great great things to add and, and is strategic and has value, meaningful thoughts to add to the conversation. So why should that person not be allowed to speak unless spoken to is just crazy. And, and so that, that has been a point of reflection for me because there was a point in my career where I wasn't comfortable speaking up. And once I learned that that wasn't right, that I, regardless of my level and their level, and, and quite honestly, the same person who I was told to not speak unless spoken to, I ran into at an off outside of work social affair. And the person was so lovely, so lovely. Mm-hmm. The conversation was engaging. I felt very comfortable. And it was after that that I realized, no, you know what? That leader, she was wrong. I have I have a voice. I have something to say. And I should own it. And I should feel comfortable in, in doing so. So that was, that was an important part 
midway through my career that caused me to pivot and, and really just be comfortable with the thoughts that I bring. And, and even now, I again, as I try to pay this forward and I try to pay those early opportunities forward, it's important for me to make sure that everyone has a voice when they're at a table with me in a meeting with me, or even if it's a one-on-one conversation. Yeah. That's so cool. Good for you. Um, And tell me about like, did you always, when you began your career early on, did you ever imagine that you would be a leader or did you, did you kind of always know? I didn't imagine that I would be a C-suite leader, but I always felt like I was a good leader and I could be a good leader. So I, I did think that I could see that I had the skills to, to gather, to listen, to communicate, to be transparent, to be authentic. Those were things that I recognized that I had on my own. And, and two, that I recognized that uh, not everybody had, right? Because we all are different and we all bring different aspects of ourselves to conversations or to meetings or to projects or to ideas in the workplace. And it, I was able to see that those characteristics, if you will, can help to be a good manager and a good leader. And so I always felt like I would get to that point. And once once I started managing and, and started leading, I I did, I loved it. And I loved the way that it made me feel. And I also loved the way that I could make others feel and, and really bring out the best, not only in myself, but in others. And so that that was something that I did have my sights on, but I didn't necessarily think that I would be um, an impactful and, or or me, such meaningful and important C-suite leader at a firm. And now that I'm I'm here, I I do love it, and I I think that it is it's just so important for all women to know that they have the opportunity to get here if they want to be there. Cool. So how what what do you think was key to you, like building your brand and telling your personal story and and really growing in the way that you've grown, what um, what guided you there? So it was, this was probably about a, a decade and a half ago. I had only been focusing on myself in my own bubble, right? And that was important to me. And I was like, I felt really good about my career achievements and the people that I knew and the connections that I had made, but it was in my bubble. So what happened was I attended a webinar. It was very random. It was promoted on LinkedIn and it was about personal brand building. And it was this opportunity to listen in to a career coach, an executive present coach. So I listened into that webinar and I met with the gentleman after and we we talked and I said, what you had shared in the webinar intrigued me. I hadn't looked at myself from a, as a having my own personal brand, like I just hadn't really thought about that for myself, because I traditionally was in the marketing communications realm. And so I was absolutely comfortable and prepared to to market a, a brand or its capabilities, and investment capabilities, but not so much as myself. And so it was after that meeting that I had with this gentleman, that he said, what you need to do is you need to run the Dominica campaign. 
that is what you need to focus on. So you need to focus on having a personal brand and, and, and preference that you build outside of your workplace. And so it was that conversation that really stuck with me. And, and I took that advice and I did it. And I started marketing myself and I started, which too, by the way, because I am, I, I do identify as, as she, her, I am a female and it's uncomfortable to self-promote really uncomfortable. So I went outside of my comfort zone and I stuck strictly with the advice that this gentleman had given me. And I started marketing myself and promoting my thoughts and sharing my achievements online. And it really, it worked. It I built a brand for myself. And for me, we're, we're not talking, I mean, it's come up in conversation. We're not focusing on it too much today, but gender diversity is something that is near and dear to my heart and the importance of gender diversity and the importance of women in leadership. And, and two, I know it's right, obviously the, the efforts that you're doing and beyond barriers to focus on that and, and pushing those barriers. But I hadn't necessarily reflected that in my brand outside of my own workplace. So it was thereafter that people now that I meet in the industry, they're like, oh, yeah, we, we know you, you're focused on gender diversity, you've provided such insights on women in leadership and the importance around that. And so there, there, and it lies that, okay, what I did and the effort that I had, the advice that I took from that gentleman and that time from that coach really came into, uh, came into being and, and it reflected at where I'm at today in terms of building my own brand and having that personal brand presence and executive presence. That's so great. I mean, it's so great, like, just that you happened upon that webinar and you got that advice. I'm also a marketer. And part of our program is we ask people to write their own stories. And I realized, like, I've spent my career writing those stories of the world's biggest brands, but writing my own story was one of the hardest things I've ever done. (laughs) You know, right. It's Um, uncomfortable. It's super uncomfortable. It's also, yeah, it's uncomfortable. And then when we work through with with women, because we work mostly with women, um, you know, telling the story of your accomplishments, even though like, you know, we have them write out the list of all the things they've done. It's all like, it's fact, you know, like this is not fake news here. (laughs) This is is what you've done, but saying it out loud, like articulating it, framing it in a way that could position you for success can be really challenging. So um, I think that's so great that, that he put it in the context of the work that you were doing, you know, yeah. and, and like run the Dominica campaign. That's, that's yeah. fantastic. So. And, and too, for what it's worth now, what I do is I actually leverage that for people that I am trying to yeah. promote and build up in, in my own organization, whether it's here at Breckenridge or whether it's outside. And I tell them that too. I say, okay, we're going to do the Dominica campaign on you and here's what we're doing and here and that's where so I then I get into sponsorship right because that's where I can I have a a voice and I have a seat at the table where I can help to build that sponsorship and so I I've run a quite a few individual female campaigns in the last I would say 10 years of my career and it's really been so helpful we should more more people should do it. That's amazing. I love it. Um, one of the things we run into when we talk about mentorship and sponsorship is, um, you know, a lot of people want to find mentors and sponsors that look like them because it's comfortable. And in many businesses, finance, technology, yeah. you know, yeah. many businesses, um, that's not always possible just because there aren't that many women at the top or in, you know, in positions right. of influence. So um, tell me about some, and it sounds like, you know, really early on, you had, you had a, a guy who you worked with who, who helped you yeah. get into Fidelity, et cetera. 
But tell me about that dynamic for you, both as a woman leader, as a woman of color, like how, how has that yeah. manifested for you in the business that you're in? Yeah, yeah, it's come to be. So I can think this was this was back at my last organization. We were hosting these roundtable events with very senior women, and the women could invite junior people that they might have been mentoring to the event. And it was striking. One woman, one young woman who attended this event, she said that she was sitting at this table with all of these women. She was she's a person of color. And I believe she was the only person of color that was at the table. And she said, I can tell you what I don't want. And she was young 20s, this girl. I would never forget it. I can tell you what I don't want is I don't want anyone who looks like me to be my mentor. What I want is I want the older white guy. That's what I want. I want the the opposite of who I am to help to mentor me and give me advice. That really struck with me. And since then... That's what's important for me. And that's what it has been. As I look back in my career, it's been important. I've never had somebody who looks and acts like me and has my own experience be a mentor to me. And I think that's the beauty of diversity of thought, right? And especially if we think of if it is a, a middle-aged white male, that's who is historically been in charge and especially within my industry. So uh, of course, why, I would want that mentorship. I would want somebody who thinks, who, who, who looks, who thinks and acts differently than me, because that's, the, that's the, the beauty of having the diversity of thought and having somebody like that be able to talk, to talk with me about mentorship. And I try to do the same too for people that come to me. Sometimes it's, hey, can we, just, can we have coffee? Can we talk about X, Y, or Z? And it's, it's meaningful. And I think we need to do more of that. And two, by the way, for some of the minorities out there, there's less of them in the industry. And so how else are we going to bring more diverse candidates into the industry if we don't build relationships with them and mentor them and have conversations with them, right? That like we need to all be doing more of that. And that's the power of it. Because if we're mentoring people that don't look and act like us, chances are we can help to bring that person into the industry and then they can pay it forward and continue to have this mentorship cycle, if you will, and create these opportunities for people that aren't in the same position as us. Yeah, that's so powerful. So powerful. What if you knew exactly where to focus to go further, faster? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers and the ability to take action and gain unstoppable momentum to deliver results and advance. Take the Beyond Barriers Momentum Metric Quiz to get a personalized report on the five C's, core categories used to measure and accelerate success. Visit gobeyondbarriers.com slash quiz to get your report today. You talked a lot about in the beginning about, and I'll, we'll go back there, but about being fearless yeah. and how that's been part of your success story. I'd yes. love to hear about um, a time when you felt fear or you didn't feel confident or you didn't feel right and how like how did you overcome that how did you build that resiliency that those confidence skills um what what was there something that was there like a thing that happened or was did it happen progressively what did that look like for you yeah i i think that i can recall a, a situation where i had gone into an organization in a leadership role 
And I was a bit nervous because I hadn't necessarily been in that type of leadership role in the past. And I can tell you, when I walked in, I ran into somebody in the elevator. And this was a woman who was a few years older than me. And she said something simple to me. How are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm doing great. And she introduced herself. I introduced myself. And then from there, she had been at this organization for probably a year or two before I got there. And so all of a sudden, I was invited to go to lunch with a few other women that were leaders at this organization and peers of mine, the next level up and the next level down. And so as I entered into this position, and I, and I know I have the skills, right? So I know that I have the job skills, but I question if I have, if I'm going to have the the validation of my peers, and if I'm going to be recognized by my peers and the executive leadership as a person of value, that I be able to value my capabilities and what I bring to the table. And so it was just really interesting because this woman that I met in the elevator didn't know all of this about me, that I was sort of questioning my uh, my ability to be recognized and to to have such, um, to to really execute on, on the plan that I was given. She didn't know all of this, that I was questioning it myself. But what she did is she connected me with this group of women at this organization, like I said, higher up and below me and higher than me. And it turned into this mini network. And we got together once a month, we got together in the office, we got together outside of the office, and really got to know each other to the point where in the office as I was collaborating with these people. And I was, again, I, I felt confident that I had the skills, but I wasn't sure if I had the, the the visibility or the recognition. I had built that and created that in these pockets of mini networking sessions that we did outside of work that gave me such confidence when I was in the room and meeting with these women. I felt such power behind having a personal relationship with them that it was so beneficial to me and and how I ended up executing and building, we talk about building brand, your own personal brand, how I did that at this organization to the point where I had I had been elevated pretty quickly, I would say, and gained exposure across the organization because of this group. But to this day, I don't know if that person even knows the impact that she had on me in that one day in the elevator and this sort of like underground society, if you will, that I didn't even know existed and how important it was and how much it played into my comfort level and facing my own fears as I entered my career at that organization. So it was, it was quite special. We called That's ourselves so the Coalition of the Willing. We were the cows. <laughs> And I love it. I love it. we we all uh, had felt like we all had similar, different experiences, different capabilities, different people, but same common goal of getting the work done. So that's so great. That's so yeah. great. So yeah. one of the things that I think is so interesting about you is um, you you are like a master navigator, right? Like you you've sort of yeah. like unlocked all of these like organizations. This. Um, industry that was new to you, even just this corporate environment that you didn't grow up, you know, it's not like your yeah. your mom had that to share with you those experiences, those, um, those connections, those relationships. Um, tell me about that. And like, what do you what do you think has contributed to that? And what would you say to others who are who would would like to follow in your path? Yeah, I think, 
So early, I would break it up into maybe two parts of life. And earlier part of life, I think it was my mom had given me such strong advice. I I really liked nice things when I was younger, but we were very poor and couldn't afford many nice things. And so I would always say to my mom, oh, like, I wish I could have this. I wish I could have that. And she would say, you need to work for it. You need to work for it. And you need to never rely on anyone, only yourself. You're the only one that you can depend on. She was very very independent. And Mm -hmm. so she gave me that advice early on where I knew that I had to, it was like all on my shoulders and I had to be the one to provide for myself and to get myself there. And so that, that bit of, there was like a bit of me being scrappy in order to get there. And I would say the second half of my life is me being a mom. And I have three teenagers now. Sometimes it can be more challenging than anything corporate to be dealing with three teenagers, I think. And my experience as I've always been a working mom, and I pride myself on that as well. I think the experiences that I've gained through being a parent, and think about communication, negotiations, execution, uh, strategy, tactical execution, all of that has made me a better leader and manager by by being a parent. So I think it's been that that twofold, that push from my mom that drove me to get to that point in my career where I was like, yeah, my my, my mom was right. And guess what? I didn't rely on anybody. I I have a, a lovely husband that we partner together so well and he he loves that about me. He loves that about me. It just works quite well. So that's so cool. So cool. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. I'd love to know if there are, if you have daily habits or rit- rituals that you consider key to your success. Yeah. So that's a good question. So I, it's changed, I would say, um, as of late. And so my daily routine and ritual is to, try my hardest because it does not come easy to focus on the positive. So recognize the negative, but focus my energy on the positive and to manifest. And I have work at it quite a bit. And and like I said, it's quite hard because it's something that doesn't, doesn't come natural to me. I have major anxiety. So I worry about, you name it, I worry about it. And it's pretty much every second of the day. So what I'm doing is trying to change and channel that energy into the opportunity and more positive than focus on the negative. And that ties into the whole manifest idea of of where I'm trying to focus and create these daily habits of just getting up and trying to think of the positive, focusing on family, focusing on health, focusing at Breckenridge of the opportunities and the growth of the business and and really just trying to recognize and appreciate how fortunate I am and what privilege I have to, to do that on a daily basis. So I'm trying, I've been trying really hard as of late. You can probably sense it in my voice a bit that I know it's it's been a challenge, but that's where I'm focusing and trying to create daily habits for my for my life. 
even trying to, I'm focusing on brushing my teeth with my non-dominant hand to try to help my brain function. Yeah, more, even things as uh, simple yet challenging as that. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you also just, you're, you're an incredibly intentional person like that. Um, yeah. And, and so I'd love to know, I mean, it's, it, it, it sense, my sense is that that's innate to you and, and sounds like you probably also learned it from your mom, but um, yeah. how do you teach that either to your three teenagers which bless you by the way, for three teenagers to be of one. And yes. Yes. I love her dearly. <laughs> and oh my gosh. Um, yeah. But uh, how, how do you teach that both to, to your kids and also to the, you know, the people around you, the people who report to you? at work? Yeah. So for me, it is about being vulnerable. So that is really important. And when I think of at home and at work, uh, passionate, right? Being passionate, being appreciative for everything we have. And that that's a piece, you know, quite frankly, as a, as a parent that I'm struggling with a little bit because I, my husband too is an immigrant. He didn't, he didn't come from money. I didn't come from money. We've everything that we have, we've built for um, ourselves. And so it's a little more challenging at home than it is at work and trying to make sure that my kids stay grounded and recognize that and that they also strive to develop that work ethic that I was talking about earlier. So I think that that's challenging. And if you have anybody has any tips for me, feel free to send them my way because I'm definitely working on that from a parenting perspective. But I think that there's been people from the outside of my household who have made comments to me about my kids and being appreciative or something one of them said or acted. And so that for me has been positive feedback that maybe maybe I'm doing somewhat of a good job. I don't know. Some days it doesn't feel like it, but I would say that about at home. And then I think some of those attributes carry over to work. And it's about, you mentioned fearless earlier, being a bit fearless, being empathetic, vulnerable. And when I talk about my anxiety and being an anxious person, I am so empathetic that sometimes it pains me because if I walk into a meeting or I walk into a room, I can scan that room and I can tell you how everyone is feeling in that room before we even start a conversation or get into a discussion. And so I find myself managing to the room and to the, the feeling of the room and, and, and sort of where people are at in, in the room. And that also can be challenging, but I find it just so important and to be authentic. We, at the end of the day, we're all human. We all make mistakes. We all have achievements. And I think that it's important, and especially to other women. And I think about here at Breckenridge, I have many conversations that I'll share with a peer, a, a woman here at Breckenridge and men at Breckenridge. And they'll be like, thanks for sharing that. You actually, it makes me feel more comfortable in sharing my story, knowing that you're so open about sharing your story. And so I think, and this is too, it's not a characteristic that every leader has to have. I'm just speaking about what's been important and, and meaningful for me. And it's always been about transparency. I say to my team, I will be as transparent as I can. Obviously, if it's confidential information and I can't share the details, I will say it. I will say I can't elaborate on that. But otherwise, I'm full on transparency and, and full on auth- authenticity. It's really important to me. And I and I hope that I get that back from people. Yeah. 
That's great. That's mean. I um, we I have a four year old daughter, and the other day she was upset about she she did something to hurt somebody's feelings, and I said, uh, you know, I appreciate that you express yourself, but unfortunately that you know hurt somebody else's feelings, and yeah. oh by the way, you're not responsible for anybody else's feelings, but like, like you know, right, because I think you're right. Like we are taught to be empathetic, and sometimes that can get in the way of ourselves expressing what we need. And right. so I was like trying to r- run that full circle, and it was it was pretty difficult to do verbally yeah. you know <laughs> yeah i i always say be fearless be bold but be you yeah so that's great. that that is important because at the end of the day we all have to be true to ourselves right and we can't compromise whether it's at home or in the workplace we cannot compromise our own value system and who we are at the benefit of something or someone else and so i that's important to me. I have a feeling that could be the title of your book. You feel like people do you. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you write one. Um, excellent. Okay. Um, I'm going to do the lightning round questions. And then if we can come back and yeah, uh, sure. do the, do your introduction and I'll just let the editors know that we did the introduction last. Um, Perfect. I like okay, going excellent. against the norm. Okay. Excellent. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, all right. Could you tell me about a book that has greatly influenced you? Absolutely. Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Love. So good. Love that book. <laughs> so good. Yeah. No, enough said. Um, how about your favorite inspiring quote or saying? Oh, I've got one. So leadership is not about being in charge. It's about taking care of those in your charge by Simon Sneck. So good. So good. So good. Uh, yeah. So um, if you unpack that that quote, there's so much there. I'm, yeah, love it. That's great. Um, what's a word or a moniker that you would use to describe yourself? I so I struggle with this one because I go back and forth. I have two, and my first, my instinct is to say I'm a mom. That that is me. That's who I am. But then I think, well, there's got what else? What else is there to it? And I would say empathetic. So I struggle between the two of those. If you want to but, pick one, you can. <laughs> no, you know, it's part of our, our program is we ask people to come up with a moniker. And sometimes it takes people the full 12 weeks to come up with it, you know, because it's like part of it is we don't like to talk about ourselves. Part of it is also yeah. like, it's just, you know, and also we, we try to make them a little catchy. So, um, so anyway, I think both of those are excellent. Um, what is one change that you've implemented that made your life better? Therapy. <laughs> Weekly therapy. I am kicking myself because I didn't start it sooner. It has been amazing. And I started it in January of this year. And I'm kicking myself for not doing it sooner. It's been so beneficial for me. It's awesome. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Um, and then how about your power song? What song would you want to play with as you're walking oh, on stage? Definitely Roar by Katy Perry. So yes. good. So, so good. good. If I could sing, I would sing it now, but you would not want to hear that. But I can hear it. Can you hear it <laughs> in your head? It totally, yes. totally. I'm yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh, this has been such a treat. Thank you. For me um, too. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend or share what you've learned on LinkedIn and tag us. 
We love hearing from our audience. Visit us at gobeyondbarriers.com where you can subscribe and find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests. Mm-hmm.